what's funny is that my roommate discovered from watching the Kardashians that they were the ones who started that. Cardi B didn't start that. So I heard that, but also is that true? Because do we have like a definitive timeline on who said occur first? Well, because the Kardashians have been known to appropriate some things. Sorry. Hey guys, it's Megan Collins from Style Girlfriend back for another episode of Undressed. I'm with, joined as always by Taylor Davies. Hey everyone. And we were just discussing really important geopolitical topics. Yes. Um, that just really quickly, right before we hit record, turned into talking about Cardi B's <laughs> yeah. uh, slang. Mm-hmm. And the origin story of her sort of calling card, um, warbly, okay, okay, K-K-K-K-K-U-U-U-U-U-U-R-R-R-R-R noise. I will say, I don't know when it started, but I do know when it officially became like not anything anyone can do anymore, is when... Jimmy Fallon had her dissect it on, him, on, the, on the show. Tonight show. I know. And that was like the stake in the coffin. Or I feel like he just like whitified and totally like made it like yogurt. He just blanded it out and it wasn't fun anymore. It's like when the Today Show covers memes five days after they aren't cool anymore. And yeah. it's like Carson Daly being like, so here's what the kids are on Twitter are saying about IHOP turning into IHOP. The orange room the is orange a time room. machine. Oh, nothing to, is to happening. Three days ago, exactly. It's it's happening in the past. <laughs> you know what's happening in the present? What the World Cup? It sure is. So here's a question. Okay. Do we care? Because the U.S. isn't in it. I know. Well, here's the thing. I think the World Cup is truly something for. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of for us. We have a soccer team, but I feel like it's way more for the rest of the world than it is for us. And so I think it's totally fine to be like, you know what? It's, it's fun to, like, pick a different international team. My roommate is rooting for Spain. I'm potentially thinking I might just root for France. Okay. Who's, like, one of the other top teams, but you've got... And that's based on your love of the country. Yeah, and I also, I feel like those two teams also have, like, notoriously hot guys. Although I will say the World Cup brings together truly the hot hottest little athlete guys from around the globe. It only was with the, the start of it, the kickoff, whatever that I realize I really do need the U.S. to be in it for me to care about. I might not even pick U.S. as, like, my favorite team, uh-huh. but I think that that's just, like, the hook for me. I okay. at least need to have somebody who's, like, from Ohio and is just, you know, a phenom and, like, give me their, like, personal journey. But I'm and pretty I- sure that the same way in the Olympics people go to other countries to play, you might find that there are, like, American guys playing for uh, teams around the world. Oh, is that right? Yeah. All right, I'll have to look into it. Because right now, I haven't watched a game. I don't care. I haven't picked a team. Like, I feel... It's pretty early on, though. I guess. But even with the Olympics and stuff, like, I don't even really care about the Olympics. But as soon as it starts, I'm like, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. And it just hasn't hooked me this year yet. Yeah. And I want to be hooked. Like, I had... I was with a friend the other day, and I was like, who are you rooting for? And he said, Columbia. And I said, maybe I'll root for them. Like, I just feel very untethered. Yeah. To this event this time around. Well, and I feel like it's okay to not feel super invested, but what I feel like is really fun is the opportunity it provides as, like, a fun reason to go out to bars and chit-chat with people. I think it's, like, one of the most fun times to be single. I remember the World Cup last time, four years ago, I had, like, a different job. I was, like, basically a different person. But, spoiler alert, I was also still single, so... (laughs) I do remember that it was, like, really fun to date while it was going on. Do you even remember who won last time? No, I was literally just trying to think that. I mean, that's 
No, it wasn't. I thought it was Brazil, but I think that they lost. They were the hosts, right? Rio was oh. the big thing. And remember, it was a big deal because Rio had the World Cup and the Olympics in like a really short turnaround. Yes. And I know that Brazil made it really far, but I don't think they won. Regardless, I do want to get into it. Yeah. And yes, I I'll agree. help you. Okay, good. I also, there's something really fun about, I mean, I run my own schedule, but there's still still something that like really gets me going about like on a Tuesday at one in the afternoon to be like, I'm going to go to a bar and it, drink beer and watch sports. And it's, people do it. They go on their oh, lunch totally. breaks and stuff. I remember that because I did have a full-time job the last time and we'd all be like, mm, it's Friday, there's a game. And we would run around the corner for like an hour and like eat french fries and watch a game and it was so and the bar was full yeah totally it is really fun i love it oh it's happening it is happening is there games today games matches games soccer game soccer game soccer match i don't know i we're not international we they can call it whatever they want we call them soccer games should we be calling it football i mean god are we being assholes right now no we can call it soccer i think that's fair for us okay yeah it's like how you don't have to call paris paris And if anything, that's worse. Or I feel like Europeans Ibiza. should... No, honestly, Europeans should appreciate that we don't call it... Well, and I think it makes... It just... It opens the door for confusion because then they don't know if we're talking about American football or soccer. Like, I think we have to stick to our word because they know what we mean. Okay. But if we say football, they, they don't, don't know, know what, what we mean. mean. Hmm. Got it? All right, Europeans. Right? I hope you all heard that. So the next time that you try to be like... It's football. Yeah, all our international listeners. <laughs> We're taking our stance now. We're calling it soccer and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> um, so World Cup, obviously a marker of summer, even though it's still not summer until, I don't know, Thursday or something? Yeah, Thursday the 21st. Okay. That's our solstice. Sure. Uh, do we have a song of summer update? I know that we we made the decision last week that we don't have to crown a winner until yeah. the following week, but are there any new entrants? Well, we were talking about this earlier this week. I feel like we've got a new song from Nicki Minaj and Ariana Grande. And we were both like, "Mm, it's mid-tempo. It's kind of fun. You forgot that we'd even listened to it immediately, which means it definitely doesn't have a hook. (laughs) I was like, wait, we we have to listen. You're like, we just listened to it. Yeah, I couldn't sing you a single lyric or anything from it. It It's not an earworm, which I think is another qualifier. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a song of summer. No, it's too slow. Yeah. I had this funny thought, and and now I'm like, oh, yeah, I was thinking about this last night, and I wanted to bring it up on the podcast, that I was in an Uber pool, we were stuck in traffic, and it was so, I was just dying, and I was like, what do I need to lift me out of this? And I put on Carly Rae Jepsen's Emotion, and I was like, this is my forever song of summer mood. That whole album is so joyful and so fun and such good summer music that maybe I was like, man, you know what? If there's no song of summer this year, Carly Rae Jepsen will be my song of summer forever. We should put together, like, a a mega edition of Song of Summer and just do, like, Songs of Summer Past. Yeah. That would be fun. We'd have to leave out the ones that are annoying. Because there were, you know, I feel like you get some that are, like, too, you've heard them too many times. Give me an example. Like, I could still listen, listen to Despacito. Yes. I'm just going to say that right now. That, and it still plays on the radio. No, I know. But I'm thinking there are some, like, songs, like, more poppy ones that got too much radio play maybe, like, three or four years ago. Mm. I can't really come up with a specific example right now, so. So that kind of, I mean, I'm not saying that disproves your point, but I feel like Songs of Summer, like, you just don't get sick of them. Like, I could listen to Rihanna's Umbrella a thousand times in a row. Oh, I couldn't. <gasps> really? Really. Oh, I love it. I, I got, love it so I've much. had my fill of Umbrella. 
Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I will say there was one entrant that it's not new, but someone made the suggestion on I want to say Twitter. Maybe they emailed us and said, "What about Marin Morris and Zed's The Middle?" Yes, which I think has strong potential. It's very catchy. It's such an earworm. It's already been in a Target commercial. It came out around the Grammys. So it's like been around for a little while, which I feel like most summer songs are supposed to kind of start getting stuck in your head in the spring. Right. And so I think if anything, that's why I didn't even think to include it because it felt like it came out too early. But once I started thinking about it, I was like, it is still on the radio a lot. And by the radio, I mean like Spotify's top 50 US tracks. Yep. And I do love hearing it. Like I love that like, yeah. Like I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't pick Marion Morris out of a lineup. No. Or Zed for that matter. No. But I don't think that matters. So I put it into the Spotify put it list. In the playlist. Okay. Yep. Cool. Why don't you run down Oh, do we need to like have a I feel like we like... just I feel like we need to give people a better understanding because we can't just have these people being like, What about this song that my brother's cousin's band put yeah. out? It's gotta be mass popular, right? Like it's gotta make it onto mainstream radio. It's gotta be appealing to both men and women. It's got to have a real hook, either the chorus or some other part of it has to be, like, incredibly catchy. Um, it's got to be upbeat. Sorry to say that. Well, we talked about that earlier. Like, it needs, like, we were talking about the Ariana Grande and Nicki Minaj song being kind of mid-tempo, and it's, yeah, it's not fast enough. It needs to be something you can dance to if you decide to dance. Yep. And That's then, why we don't think John Mayer's New Light is going to ultimately be crowned the winner. Yeah, and I think you brought up a good point in one of the episodes that it's kind of got to have versatility from like the club to the barbecue. Mm -hmm. It's got to be enjoyed in both places. That's a true song of summer. What else? I think that's, I think you mostly hit on it. It It doesn't have to be by a, like a really popular artist, but I would say most of the time it is by someone already established. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So next week we'll crown. We'll crown. (laughs) How much of a song are we allowed to play on the podcast without getting sued. Like, oh can you God, pay, I like, to find that out. 15 seconds? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because we could, like... Like, hit play. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might need to do that. Yeah. Okay. Like playlist podcast. All right. Get ready, guys. Mm-hmm. Till we figure out what the song of summer is, there's something I've been thinking about, talking about, like, debate. Taylor, if you had to crown a men's shoe, the shoe of summer, do you have like a go-to that you would immediately say because this is something I've been thinking about lately. Okay. So if I had to throw out, again, the entrance of who I think like are in contention, it would be Boat Shoe, mm-hmm. which we've been talking about. We like put out a shopping roundup because I do think there's something that like has a place in every guy's wardrobe. There's sneakers and a subset of that is both slip-on and then lace-up. Yeah. And then there's sandals because they exist and like let's just live in the world that we live in. Okay. And then here's my dark horse that I just want, I want to like give a Cinderella story to is espadrilles. Oh, I'm not saying that they're going to take the top spot, but I just think that they should make a concerted effort at like a, at a run for the, for the title because every guy looks good in them. There's so many different styles. They come in. They're super comfortable. They can be really nice. Like when you wear them, like they're very durable and can kind of take you lots of places. And I just, yeah, I just wish more guys would consider them. I think it's the name. I think it's the name that keeps guys from wearing them. They're like, I don't know, that sounds like a high heel or something. And they're kind of, yeah, they're kind of the underdog story of summer shoes. And I think probably a lot of guys associate them with that sort of Tom's look, which is just like not stylish, that kind of folded toe. Well, the way No shade, no shade on Tom's, 
on their like original look, but it was much more for women and it beca- it like had a moment and now I think looks super dated. I feel like what people are not seeing is like the saludos, very simple, you know, with a braided sole. The thing that I love about espadrilles, especially for the beach, is that when you go somewhere like California or even the Hamptons and the sand is super, super hot, wearing sandals and like flipping, flopping that hot sandal over your feet. Espadrilles are great for walking through really hot sand because they keep your feet protected while you like go to find your spot to set up. And you can put them on like while your feet are still wet and they don't really mess the shoe up because it's very durable, like we said. But it also feels more appropriate on a beach than a boat shoe would. I agree. Whereas while a boat shoe would look good, again, on a boat, an espadrille would also look good on a boat. So in that way, I think they're also really, they might be more versatile than a boat shoe. And probably more than a sneaker, too, because you can also kind of wear them dressed up in a way because it's not just a sneaker and it's not, you know, quote unquote, just a boat shoe. Sure, yeah. Like many summer shoes, almost any guy can pull them off with a pair of, like, ultra-washed chinos and then just, like, one flip up of the cuff and then you just put those on and a t-shirt, like a pocket tee. And I think any guy whose style runs the gamut between edgy, preppy, classic, whatever, you're going to look good in that. Yeah. Also good for guys who veer away from boat shoes because they're like, mm, boat shoes have like a reputation. So preppy. And so if you don't like boat shoes, but you also don't want to be in slip-on bands all summer. Yep. I'm telling you. I think, I think this is a great hard. point. I think this is a great thing that we should be telling the people about. You know what's so funny is we did like a five days, five ways last year and it was like five days, five ways espadrilles and it didn't yeah. get very much play. And then on Pinterest, we put up a couple of pins that were like, instead of saying espadrille, it said like casual summer shoe. Uh, and it suddenly like rocketed up in terms of people like clicking through and checking it out. Oh, how interesting. So I really do think that it needs like a rebranding. I think that it's just something maybe we need to raise the level of brand awareness just around the idea of what an espadrille is. Yeah. You know what shoes I feel like I see a lot that maybe Mr. Porter has them and I see them in GQ and stuff is the Riviera's brand oh, that are sort of so two-tone. Nice. Those are espadrilles, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're, but they're like yeah. also waterproof. I don't know. Those shoes are really cool. I feel like we should link to them in the article or something. They're really cool. For sure. So Ludos and Riviera's are both yeah. like the sort of what the brand names that people think of in the same and way that like, like you think of Sperry when you think of Boat Shoe. 70 bucks or under for all both brands probably. So Ludos is cheaper. Riviera's is a bit more a expensive. A little more expensive. Okay. And depends on the material obviously. Yeah. Okay. Like that's like Riviera's some of them get, do get more pricey but it's a shoe like you want a good shoe. Yeah. yeah. And I like that. I mean Saludos are great because I feel like Saludos are so affordable that if you kind of like wear them to death one summer and then send them packing, you're not going to feel really bad about it. And they come out with a lot of, like, they call them, like, whatever, like, colorways or, like, fashion colors mm-hmm. each season. And so if you also just find a pair that's from an older season, you can get them on sale. Yeah, absolutely. It might like, just maybe. have, like, a... Done. Totally. Yes. I have white ones, and that was a mistake because I've worn them in the sand a lot, and they got so dirty. But they're so cute when they're new. <laughs> I wonder if you could wash them. Me too, but I don't have a washing machine, and I don't trust my laundromat, so. True. I guess I could take them home. I wonder if I could magic eraser them. Oh, that might be worth trying. Again, they're durable. They're durable. What's the worst that could happen? Right. Nothing. Right. Basically. And because you'd get them wet no matter what. Exactly. Isn't it weird the things that people don't have to think about? Like, I've definitely taken things <laughs> to Wisconsin to, to wash. Yes. yes. I bring certain jeans home when I know I can wash and dry them. The to way my that you. Exactly. Uh, specifications, 100%. The things that we do to live here. New York. Hey, do you know what's a fun thing that I can say today that won't be true when the podcast goes live? But today, when we're recording, is my eight-year anniversary living in New York. 
Confetti cannons. I'm sorry, going surprised on. you didn't show up here with a balloon that says "Happy Anniversary." But I'm so sorry. I was running late. Next year, nine years. I left it in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing you can never say here: I left it in the car. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, eight years, Taylor. Yeah. What are you What are you feeling today? I'm feeling like, does this make me a real New Yorker? Like, I've heard seven years, I've heard ten years, and now I'm kind of in that in between. But. It's funny to me, I think I felt this way when I hit five years, that it was sort of outside of that four-year marker that we got really used to in high school and college. So now I'm like very far outside that. And I would say that eight years is the longest I've done almost anything. Okay. I guess. Sure. So yeah, it's kind of crazy. Eight years to me seems like you can call yourself a New Yorker. I would say so. When you think it's funny to have a car, I think it's when you can call yourself a New Yorker. Yeah, or when in another podcast you refer to something as car driving. Car driving! (laughs) Which was a real slip of the tongue last week. And I didn't even catch it until I was editing. And I texted you and I was like, do you know that you said the words car driving? As if there was all these different kinds of driving? (gasps) Oh boy. Oh my god. Did you hear about this Chris Hardwick thing this week? I did when you told me about it. Okay. So I'd like you to tell me more. And maybe for our readers too who maybe don't have the exact same like media feed as we do. You, you know mean, what I mean? Like into our veins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they don't have like a direct like Twitter IV like right into the arm. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris Hardwick, probably honestly a lot of people know him a lot better than I do. I know him as like the guy who hosted Single Out. Same. And then who now does, I think he does like a Walking Dead after show for Bravo or something like that. Yeah. He hosts that midnight game show on Comedy Central maybe. Yes. Where like comedians go on and make like improv jokes. Okay. Yeah, that's, as, I, that's what I sort of know him as. It's sort of like a jack of all trades TV guy who does mostly like kind of like commentary slash hosting. Right. And that's his thing is that he's sort of just like tall and gangly and like nerdy. Yeah. He literally started a pod, like he had a podcast and then it sort of grew into this, like, media company, and it was called Nerdist. And they got bought, and (laughs) yesterday, the company made a big point to be like, he has not been involved with the company in the past, like, whatever, since 2013, which, who knows how much that's actually true. But basically what happened was he, his ex-girlfriend, he's now since married, like, a socialite, but his ex-girlfriend, who I guess is a cosplay actress like she's also in this sort of nerdy like maybe they met at comic-con or something something like that okay and they were together for like years and she put up a medium post that didn't actually mention him by name but it was like very clearly about him okay and just said that he was really emotionally abusive and really manipulative and isolated her from her friends and she was like anorexic the whole time they were together and just i mean that he was an awful awful person to her right he was a bad boyfriend yikes um And it's really been interesting because I feel like, A, it's probably a good thing for this to happen every couple months so that the Me Too movement doesn't go away and that people still get their comeuppance if that's what is coming to them. Yeah. Um, But B, something I think about a lot and that we talk about a lot on Style Girlfriend is you might not be Harvey Weinstein. Like, you might not be this big, bad, blustery, like, big, bad wolf kind of guy who Mm -hmm. sort of everyone knows has this reputation and, like you can kind of, like, quote-unquote, like, see it from a person like that, like, whatever that means. But in fact, like, you might be a shitty guy in smaller ways, or you might be 
you might have internalized feelings of being a nerd that have now hardened you against women in more imperceptible ways, right? I mean, that's what we saw coming out of Gamergate. Like, there was all of these guys who probably, like, you or I could take in an arm wrestling match, and they were being really, really threatening and really, really abusive to these different journalists and, and you know, these female journalists, and it went from there, right? And so, and then we saw that with, like, the incel movement, which is that, like, involuntarily celibate, like, men on Reddit who are mad that women have rejected them and have killed people because of it, like have gone on mass shootings because of it. So I think that this whole Chris Hardwick thing, it's a good reminder that just because you maybe haven't had success with women, maybe if you love nerdy stuff, you love comic books, take a minute and check yourself and make sure that the feelings that you have towards women are not biased in this way that is like, all women are bad, all women are bitches, all women are like conspiring to keep me single, right? Like, yeah. I think that that's a really dangerous road to go down. And I think that Chris Hardwick is someone who probably a lot of like, again, guys who are interested in nerdy things, nerdy being the bad word for it, but being interested in things like comic books, being interested in things like superhero movies, fantasy, fantasy stuff like that, yeah. to really take a look and be like, I haven't had a girlfriend in five years and I'm mad about it, but also what am I maybe doing to continue that trend, right? Yeah. Like, am I walking up to every woman with anger in my heart because I already think she's going to reject me? Right. And then when she does, do I use that as, you know, a metaphorical ammunition to say women are bad, women are mean, women are hateful and spiteful and yeah. blah, blah, blah? Yeah. Well, I... And I think that brings up a good point, too, because I think it's something that we all have to work on in different ways, because I think we all kind of have these internalized biases that we bring out into the world and sort of either bring into play or let sort of influence the way we um, experience the world. Like, maybe it's like, I mean, this is an innocuous example, but perhaps you went to like a fancy coffee shop and the barista was so rude to you. And now you don't want to go to fancy coffee shops anymore and you don't want to drink the good coffee you deserve because you don't want to be like accosted by a rude barista, right? It's the same kind of thing where you sort of, you need to make sure that you're not using that thing that you always talk about, the everyone and the no one, because it's just categorically across the board, never going to be the case. Mm -hmm. And I think especially with, you know, heterosexual relations, I think it's so important that there's, there's so much information out there now. There's really no excuse not to take the time and the energy to read up, to spend time meditating, to think about yourself and the way you're interacting with the world. And I think that this conversation has come up a lot in the media and stuff is that are we giving men enough permission to be emotional and to be compassionate and to be like outwardly those things? And I think that we can do our part to say, yes, 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 absolutely. Like any of these things that you're, that are making you feel like you're questioning your opinions on a large group of people here, like here's your permission slip to take the time to think about it, to consider it and to wonder if perhaps you're letting some stuff that's your stuff affect other people. Yeah. There's this like big dippy meditation guidebook way to live called The Course in Miracles. And it talks about the idea that any idea that you have within you that isn't from love, like is a lie. So mm. whatever you think that like doesn't bring you joy, like that's something that's like from your ego. That's something that's based in fear. 
and it doesn't have to be your reality. And I think too many people, and myself included, and to your point, like we all bring our own biases into the world, but it's just, it's worth examining them. Yeah. Um, because you don't have to live that way. But the idea of if this is a feeling that makes me feel bad, like why is that and why do I think it and why do I believe it? Mm-hmm. And hey, maybe, ding, 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 you have to do some talking through of the, those feelings or maybe you need to examine that with the help of a professional. Like <laughs> I feel like we've gone from always mentioning the Bonobos Riviera shirt to always mentioning therapy, but like <laughs> <know>. <laughs> maybe it's worth, you know, uh, getting a second opinion or yeah. getting someone who is unbiased to be like, well, why do you think that? Or why do you believe that that's absolutely the case? Because to your point, the everyone and no one and the everything and nothing, it doesn't really exist. Yeah. But we let ourselves get into this place of, we've told ourselves a story so many times that we think it's reality and it doesn't have to be. Absolutely. And I think talk to, I mean, and if therapy, I think some people are like, maybe not, but if it doesn't feel right for you, talk to a mentor in your professional space. And if, this stuff is coming from your parents. Don't talk to your parents about it. Talk to a friend. Talk to a college, an old college professor. I don't know, a high school teacher, mm-hmm. a coach that used to you were close with when you were, you know, coming up. I don't know. I mean, there are just so many different people that you can use as resources and as sounding boards to kind of like get this stuff out there. But I guess I would also say, beyond speaking to all those different people who you mentioned, which I think is really smart, talk to a woman. Oh, yeah, that's key. Let's dial, let's put all of those people under talk to a woman. Yes. Yeah. Like, if you're not sure if what you're thinking is sexist or if you're not sure if the way that you reacted in the situation was inappropriate, ask a woman who sort of loves you enough or... Or slide into Megan or I's DMs. We will help you. Yeah, but, like, it, I, I guess I'm just saying, like, have it be with someone who you kind of trust to yeah. know that you're not a bad guy but like you might have done a shitty thing so trust like it has to be someone who is going to kind of be like yeah you messed up but also I still love you or also I still respect you as long as you go in and sort of ask it in an open honest transparent way does that make sense yeah you have to take your ego out of it and just yeah just kind of strip down a little bit and be willing to be vulnerable in questioning yourself and your behavior right so long as it's not like I murdered a stripper and buried her in the desert. Like, you should probably be able to ask the question without feeling like this person's going to lose respect for you. Absolutely. And it might be annoying, and the woman might kind of, like, roll her eyes at you and be like, are you, like, seriously? But that's the only way that people are going to learn. And that's how change happens. That is how change happens. Uh Uh-huh. And then you go out into the world, and you tell your guy friends, hey, did you know? That's not cool. (laughs) You're not supposed to... Mentally harass your girlfriend for years on end. Um, Or get up and say, I'm going to let you finish, but. (laughs) All right, wow. And with that, it's time for hot takes. Okay. Taylor, do you have a hot take this week? I do have a hot take this week. And I think my hot takes have been sort of like running the gamut lately. Like, I feel like they haven't always been takes. They've just been sort of like, here's something from me. And I'm keeping the trend this week. Um, Something from me that I want to share with you guys is um, just a little summer rest because we're heading into like the first like super hot days in New York. It's very hot today. It's supposed to be 97 on Monday, Megan. No, really? Uh Mm -hmm. So maybe come over and I'll make you this thing that I'm about to describe. (laughs) So I'll give you guys a little bit of like colorful story for it so that it's not just me reciting a recipe for you. But basically I went to Nashville last summer. Um, I had been in Memphis and then I went to Nashville for, to visit one of my good friends who lives there. And I 
had to take a Greyhound bus. I, well, I didn't have to, but I chose to take a Greyhound bus from Memphis to Nashville. It was a horrible experience. How long of a trip was that? Four hours. Oh. Which I am I've down. I've to D.C. Yes, me too. And on a mega bus or on a whatever. Let me tell you something that the Greyhound from <laughs> Memphis to Nashville is not the Bolt bus from New York to D.C. <gasps> there is no Wi-Fi. There is no double-decker. It's not just like, it's a little bit of a rough crowd. Oh. I sat next to a European guy who had no phone and used my phone to call a long distance number to tell his wife in New York that he was on his way. And part of being on his way was riding a Greyhound bus from Memphis to Nashville. And then that bus was, I guess, going to like take an incredible journey all the way to New York. Wow. Long story short, I get off the bus and I'm like not a person. And my friend is like, I've got you. She brings me to her adorable house in East Nashville and... I like have a shower I have like a little bit of a relax and I come out and she's like here's your drink she hands me a drink and we go and sit on her beautiful little porch in the garden and I sip this thing and I'm like excuse me what is this and she goes oh that's a Stiegel Rita <gasps> a Stiegel Rita is a grapefruit Stiegel which is and Stiegel basically is like a um a beer Rattler you know those beers that have like a little bit of um juice in them I love Rattlers, and the Grapefruit Rattler from Stiegel, I guess, is a particular yum, and you can get it in a big tall boy can. You take the glass, you fill it with ice, you pour in a bunch of Stiegel, then you get your bottle of tequila, you measure out a shot, and I would say a little splash, pour that in, add a lime, stick a straw in it, stir it up. This drink is so good, so refreshing, so amazing, and gets you pretty buzzy because it's a mix of beer yeah. and tequila. Because Stiegel's and those, like, Rattlers are traditionally not very alcoholic, right? Not as much as, like, an IPA or something. So you add that little bit of a kick. I make this drink now all the time. Um, and I guess she found out because it's from a really great, like, divey spot in Nashville that we also went to. And they make it particularly good at the restaurant for whatever reason. But you can recreate this drink at home. It's so refreshing. It's so good. I feel like it's unisex appealing. And that's my hot take. We will absolutely put the recipe up on the site. Yeah, exactly. And we want to see all of your pictures of you guys drinking it at home. Yeah. Can you buy this beer anywhere? Anywhere. Basically anywhere where you can buy, like, kind of semi-specialty canned okay. beer. And any kind of tequila? Yeah, but I would say silver. I wouldn't do the, like, gold tequila. I feel like a silver Sousa, which is, like, pretty inexpensive. Um, like a tequila meant for mixing. Yeah. I okay. wouldn't, I wouldn't, like... Put in. in there. No, no, I wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, just mixing tequila. It's so good. Oh man, that sounds so refreshing, right? Because it's grapefruit and, and it's, it's sweet. Yeah, and you can salt the rim of the glass too if you really want to kick it up a notch. Oh my. Oh yeah. I oh god, there's nothing better than summer cocktails. Like I haven't had a michelada yet. Me either. Hasn't been hot enough. No, but now it is. Now it is. Oh, but yes. Okay, sorry. What a Stiegel Rita. A Stiegel Rita. Some people call them Rattler Rita's, but Shandy Rita, but Stiegel Rita is the specific one for the grapefruit Stiegel. Okay. Um, cool. That's a good hot take. I'm going to go outside of our <laughs> lives. Okay. I, I do like that you keep it very specific, <laughs> but I'm going to talk about something that happened in the culture. Ooh, the culture. This week, and just remind everyone that the second season of the Queer Eye reboot is out. I actually haven't watched any of it. It's on Netflix. Um, if you don't know, they rebooted Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, which is a show on TV. But the second season is already out. I think they just, like, really just gang-busted to get that thing done because the 
first season of the reboot was such a success. Yeah. And all the guys became, like, super famous super quick except for Bobby because nobody cares about Bobby. Even know. though he does the most work because he, he redoes people's work. entire houses. I know, but he has the least zippy things to say during the episodes. You need some people with less zip and more getting-ish done. Getting it done. I know. Well, I'll be honest with you, Megan. I've already watched three episodes of the new season. Oh, my God. Tell me everything. They're really good. The first one is a full-blown tearjerker. And they, uh, one of the episodes has a woman. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I love it. They're getting rid of this, again, this idea of you're not allowed to care about how you look or you, like, old dogs can't turn new tricks. Learn new tricks. Yeah. Not turning tricks. No, do not, not you're right. So, not turning <laughs> tricks. It, hey, if a dog chooses sex work, that's their choice, Taylor. Oh <laughs> I still think it's crazy that they came out with a second season quick, so quick. Like, I have, like, empty wine bottles on my counter that have, like, been waiting to go to the recycling longer than the show has been off the air. Like, it is crazy how fast yeah. they came out with it. Yeah, it's kind of like how they turn out, like, Bachelor, Bachelorette, like, half season, half, half, whoa, I it back. Like, basically every half a year or something. I mean, they must have, it must have come out on Netflix. It didn't do anything for, like, a, three weeks, remember? Like, there weren't really people talking about it, and then all of a sudden everyone was talking about it. So I feel like they must have been like, oh, wait, let's jump on this train. Like, let's keep it going while it has momentum. Well, my other Megan friend, Megan with an H, told me when we were watching it the other night that she had heard that perhaps they actually recorded all of these Interesting. around the same time. And they just split the seasons. They they already knew it was going to be big. In Atlanta still? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Karamo's still curating some vibes. Yeah, but they've put him more on an emotional duty this time. Not so much, quote-unquote, culture, but more about, like, the emotional weight of all the stuff that's going on, and I think that suits him better. Has Anthony made any more guacamole? Um, or he has made a green, he made a green goddess dressing. No! <laughs> He's so cute. Oh, my God. Yeah, queer. So, Queer Eyes back. Everybody go watch it. Yeah, wow. We really crush it with these hot takes. Yeah, dude. Go for it and be cultured and... Drinking and enjoying your life. Exactly. All right. And with that, that's it. Yeah. If you guys haven't yet, please do subscribe and rate it and review us on iTunes and wherever else you might get your... Mm-hmm. And do that thing I keep telling you to do, which is take a screenshot of you listening um, on your phone, post on your Instagram stories, tag us. You guys didn't do it last week? I put up someone that did it. Or oh, I saw it well, and no I didn't one tagged me at shut up, I love that. Hello, one more time. Shut up, I love that. That's me. <laughs> tag me. Make me feel included, people. I'm the one who told you to do this. She just wants to be a part of this, you guys. Help me. Is it that much to ask? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, in the meantime, um, get us your Song of Summer past songs, because we're going to make that mega playlist. Mega playlist. Strength. That's what the outline's for. I know. And then I can't come back and say, I know, but I'm better on the fly, because I just said that I'm not better on the fly. I'm not. I'm much better when I read the outline and I know what I'm going to say in advance. So I'm sorry, you guys, but I still feel like we're doing okay. I'm doing okay. (laughs) (laughs) Name of the episode. Okay, guys. uh, Uh, It's been real. We'll talk to you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.